Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Historic Pinstripes. Again, my name is Brian and I have been a diehard Yankees fan since I was about 7 years old. The goal of the Historic Pinstripes is, as always, to preserve the rich history and tradition of the New York Yankees by discussing the greatest Yankees players and moments in Yankees history. So, today's topic, um, I'm going to be talking about um, a player whose number was retired last month. And, of course, that player is number 21 for the New York Yankees, Paul O'Neill. Um, now, Paul O'Neill was a he was a very, very good player for the Yankees. I wouldn't consider him, in my from my own perspective, I wouldn't consider him a Hall of Famer. But he was definitely a very good player. And for the Yankees, he was a great, great, great Yankee. He was a great leader. Helped them win uh, four World Series championships. Plus, he won one with the Cincinnati Reds um, when he was a little bit younger. Uh, so... It's getting right into it. Um, here is a my tribute to Paul O'Neill, whose number was just retired last month in August. So Paul Andrew O'Neill, uh, known as the Warrior, um, as his nickname, which I believe was given to him by George Steinbrenner. Um, he was a left-handed hitter. He was uh, six foot four, 200, 200, 215 pounds, I guess, during his playing career. Um, he went to school at Otterbine College in, I believe, in Ohio, where he's from. He went to a high school in Columbus, Ohio. Um, I believe the name was Brookhaven High School. And uh, he made his Major League debut in 1985 on September 3rd. And I believe I heard that the day that Paul O'Neill made his Major League debut, Pete Rose, actually, that was the day that he um, he set the record for the to become the all-time leader in hits. Um that's quite a day to get your first uh, first taste of being a big leaguer. Um, I don't think he played in the game though, but I'm I'm not I'm not a hundred percent if he, although I guess he must have that that was his debut. But anyways, so Paul O'Neill, uh, he's from Ohio, uh, played for his hometown team, the Cincinnati Reds, drafted in the fourth round, like I said, in 1981 in the draft by the Reds, and the scout that drafted him was Gene Bennett. He, of course, won a batting title for the New York, New York Yankees. Um, jumping a, a few years back, though, 1993 was the year that Paul O'Neill, of course, was traded to the New York Yankees. Um, and this is probably one of the most infamous trades in Yankees history. Um, probably one of the greatest trades in Yankees history because the Yankees gave up a player who, at the time, was an all-star, but he never really did anything after that. And Paul O'Neill was a player who had been an all-star, but... Um, the last couple of years before 93, anyway, 91 and uh, 91 and 1990. 1990 wasn't bad. I mean, but he, he had some decent numbers, but he wasn't an all-star. Um, and he was struggling a little bit, um, at least as far as as far as batting average goes. Um, he never, I don't think he ever hit three. Yeah, he never hit 300 until he got to the Yankees in 93. And once he got to the Yankees, he, he was just... He became like a different player, and Roberto Kelly really didn't. You didn't really hear. I mean, maybe heard a little bit from uh, from him on like, on uh, you know, some some on some Cincinnati Reds games and stuff. But he he never went out and did a whole lot after that trade. And um, and you know, he was a good player. Um, but he wasn't he wasn't the player that Paul O'Neill be became with the New York Yankees, especially. Um, so Paul O'Neill had already had a World Series ring uh, before he came to the Yankees in '93, and 1990. With the Yankees, um, from what I've heard, anyway, this is from watching like the Yankeeography 
of Paul O'Neill. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the Yankees didn't, they, they knew that they didn't think that Paul O'Neill was a real power hitter. And I guess the Reds, they expected a little bit more power from him because he had been showing some, some signs of power because the year, I believe it was 1990, must've been 1990, 1990, I think it was. And he, he had like 256 and he had 28 home runs, which was the most home runs in, in his entire career to that point. And after that, I think that's where, yeah, it was ni 1991. He had uh, 28 home runs um, and he had a 256 average. Uh, um, and then after that, he never hit that number again in home runs. Um, and he always said, like in the, like I was saying, he always said in the Yankeeography and other places too, that he was never a home run hitter. He was a line drive hitter, gap to gap, just hitting the ball in the left center field, right center field. And Yankee Stadium was perfect for him because he was a left-handed hitter. He liked to go to the other way with the ball and, um, you know, not try to do too much and just, you know, hit a lot of, a lot more doubles and, and just get on base for the next guy. Um, and with the Reds, they kind of wanted him to be kind of that big bopper in the middle of the, the, the lineup. So the trade was a, it was a great, great trade for the New York Yankees. Of course, he ended up winning four more World Series with the Yankees eventually. And not to mention that in 1993, the Yankees were a rebuilding team. But because the Yankees, the last 25 years or so, they've been, they've been a, a perennial playoff team. And that very rarely happens. But it really started with this trade of getting Paul O'Neill, who really had an intensity. He brought an intensity to that clubhouse. And they at the time, the Yankees were, like I said, they were a rebuilding team. So they were really just uh, trying to bring along these young guys they had. Like they had um, drafted uh, the year before in 92. They drafted Derek Jeter, who was a first-round pick. Um, they also had uh, Andy Pettit down there and Mariano Rivera. Of course, these guys were not well-known at that time. Bernie Williams as well was uh was there um he was already with the Yankees at that time but of course he it took Bernie a long time to get going and of course he had a little bit more leeway at this time because George Steinbrenner was suspended I believe until 93 but they were able to kind of keep George at bay and not even though George wasn't crazy about Bernie because Bernie wasn't producing uh, but eventually he started producing and a big part of that was Paul O'Neill who just kind of helped lead the way and sometimes when you have a player like a Paul O'Neill or even a Don Mattingly, Don Mattingly of course of course Mattingly was like he was the guy he was the leader the captain of the New York Yankees back in the early 90s and um, he's the one that all those guys really learned from but Paul O'Neill also is one of those guys he kind of leads by led by example that's why I think um, when people say that you don't really need a captain um, you really don't I mean but at the same time, though, I think sometimes if there's a guy that shows a lot of leadership like a Derek Jeter or a Don Mattingly or a Thurman Munson or Lou Gehrig, those guys, if they're showing that much leadership, then they probably deserve to be captain. And even Aaron Judge, too. Anyways, getting back to Paul O'Neill, you know, so he was a leader on the team with quite a few young players and some players that hadn't quite made it yet, but they're eventually going to make it. And, of course, um, Paul O'Neill was just that steady player that I'm sure players looked up to. And and he really wasn't a guy that struck out a whole lot. I mean, the most it looks like the most he struck out really was 103, 107 times, and that was back in 1991. So 
That was before he even came to the Yankees. The most he struck out with the New York Yankees was 103 times, and that was in 1998, um, which um, by today's standards, that's really not that bad at all. Um, uh, the most that every other year in his career, even his last year in his career, he struck out just 59 times in his last season in 2001 with the New York Yankees. Um, he had 21 home runs that year. He also stole 22 bases that year. Um, and he was 38 years old. Um, and of course, you know, Paul O'Neill was not known as a fast runner at all. Um, but you know, he was a gamer and he was a guy who just came ready to play in a very similar way to Don Mattingly, but just maybe in a lot more of a, you know, Don Mattingly was fiery too. And he, but the only thing is, I don't think he really showed a lot of emotion as far as like, like with Paul O'Neill, he was very uh, well known as far as um, fans calling him a crybaby at the time. And, and I think if, if, if Paul O'Neill was on the opposite team, then I could see why someone would think that, but he really was not a crybaby. He just cared like, because that was his job. He wanted to go out there and get a hit every single time to try to help his team. And, you know, if you look at his numbers, especially the on-base percentage, his on-base percentage in his career was 363 and 377 in nine seasons with the New York Yankees, which is very, very good. Um, and that, that that right there shows you just the consistency um, and, and how well he was able to, you know, to, to, to do what he was able to do. And... And also, he had a batting average in his career in nine seasons of 303 with the Yankees as well. As opposed to the Reds, I mean, he played eight seasons with the Reds, nine seasons with the Yankees. The Reds, he had a 258 batting average. The Yankees, he had a 303 batting average. So he really played like a, twice as better with the Yankees. And and I'm sure a lot of that was because he was able to to do what he was what he felt comfortable with. He wasn't being forced to to try to hit more home runs. Um, so he kind of fit in a little bit better. Um, uh, so, uh, like I was saying about Paul O'Neill and uh, some maybe other fans probably not gravitating to his intensity and maybe thinking he was a crybaby because he used to knock over water coolers, he struck out and stuff like that. And yes, a lot of that is really not, it's not, uh, he, he was not a, a good sport um, sometimes. But uh, that all came from how much he cared about winning and helping the Yankees win. And and he wanted to get a hit every single at-bat, even though you're not going to get a hit every single at-bat because you, you just, you just, it's just not gonna, always going to happen. And baseball is a hard game. You know, 95, pitchers throwing 95, sometimes 100. Nowadays, a lot more 100. But in his day, it was um, there was a lot more pitchers throwing 95 than 100. Or um or ninety five ninety six or whatever, but anyway, so uh like I was saying, Paul O'Neill was very much a guy similar to to Don Mattingly, but even more intense than Don Mattingly. Mattingly had a more of a kind of a big brother approach, I guess. He, he probably even I'm sure Don Mattingly was also a big part of uh Paul Paul O'Neill's success with the New York Yankees as well. Paul O'Neill also had two hundred eighty one home runs in his career. He had uh. 2,105 hits in his career. He played 17 seasons in his, in his entire career. He also had uh, 21 home runs and 22 stolen bases in the last season of his career in 2001 with the New York Yankees. 
who was 38 years old. As far as his postseason numbers go, he was not... Um, his numbers weren't really reflective of... Like, he did get some big hits, but he did not... His numbers do not really show that. Like, he... I, um, he had one thing about Paul O'Neill is I think he really put together a lot of really good at bats and the on base percentage that I had mentioned before. Um, I believe he had a career of 377 on base percentage with the New York Yankees, and um, and, and that really shows the type of hitter that he was because he was a, a hitter that he used to like to work the counts all the time. He talks about it a lot, um, because he does Yankee games on the Yes Network if you're not familiar with the. Uh, um, if you haven't really, if you don't really watch the Yes Network or, um, but anyways, uh, he talks a lot about um, players taking, t- taking, get, getting, getting further into the at bat, and that was something that Paul O'Neill did extremely well. He had a 377 on base percentage, so that shows you right there that he was not afraid to just take the walk, and because you know he wanted, he wanted to, he wanted to help his team as much as he possibly could, and he felt like if he struck out or just made an out, you know, obviously. He didn't want to. He didn't want to do that. He he wanted to, to, be productive and help his team win, um, uh. But of course, you know, just like any any fan of any other team, you're going to 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 have your own opinions, and sometimes it's it's um it's harder to see the positive in a player like that from an from another fan's perspective. Um, but anyways, uh, so getting back to Paul O'Neill, we're number 21 for the New York Yankees for nine seasons. He wasn't the most clutch player uh, for the Yankees, but he the, the one thing he did for them was he really gave them a lot of really good at-bats, and he started a, ra- a lot of rallies probably because of all the, the really good at-bats and going deep into the count um, for the Yankees. Um, but uh, so the Yankees went on, they won four World Series with, with uh, Paul O'Neill. Um, as one of their key members of that that group, obviously the 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 core four really it's actually um, Bernie Bernie as well. So Bernie Williams, Derek Jeter, uh, Jorge Posada, Mariano Rivera, um, and uh, Andy Pettit as well. Those five guys right there, those were like the the core that really got them there. Like they couldn't have made it without any one of those five guys, but they also couldn't have made it without Paul O'Neill. Paul O'Neill was that just that you need sometimes you need those players that have that fire and they just kind of help to keep the team moving forward. Um because in a hundred and sixty two game season you need guys like that that are just gonna help you grind through it, especially when your team's not playing well and things are not going as well. Um and you have to find a way to keep moving forward and and, and getting better and uh so Paul O'Neill was really good at that. He helped the Yankees win four World Series. Of course, they won three in a row, 98 and 89 in 2000. Almost four in a row in 2001. Of course, that was his final season with the Yankees. Um, and he ended up stole, stealing 22 bases at 38 years old, which is really unheard of. He had, he had a very, very good career with the Yankees. I would not say he was a Hall of Famer, but he was a very, very good player. Um, and I would say he was a great Yankee. Um, and I think that you can be... Um, great for one team because if you look at his numbers, his numbers are a lot better with the Yankees than they were with the Reds. Um, it's, it's like drastically different, and you could say that it was like the right field porch, and he was a left-handed hitter, and that is true. But the only thing with that is that Paul O'Neill was a left-handed hitter, and he he hit his most 
career home runs with the Cincinnati Reds and not with the Yankees. He only had 24 home runs. That was the most amount of home runs he hit with the Yankees. Um, and and really with the Yankees, what he did is his batting average. He had a 303 career batting average in nine seasons with the Yankees as compared to with the Reds. He had like a 250-something batting average in his career with them in, the, in eight seasons with them. So, and that, that's about the same amount of time. And, you know, so I really don't think you can really even say it was because of Yankee Stadium. If anything, I mean, you maybe you could say that because Yankee Stadium, uh, right field and uh, the, the outfield is a little bit more, uh, there's a lot more room to to hit doubles in the in the gaps. Um, but at the same time, though, I, I think he just really seemed to relish the spotlight and just, he seemed to kind of, to kind of just, be able to just kind of slow it down and 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 even if the the moment became really big he was still able to do his job and and to laser focus stay uh just kind of focusing on the pitcher or uh in the field uh, but of course he was mostly um known as being a really good hitter who was not a bad right fielder at all in fact i would say he was probably one of the of of all the right fielders the yankees have had i would say he's probably in the top 5 um, among Yankee right fielders in their history. Um, of course, I, he's not the best, of course. I would say that would probably be probably Babe Ruth, maybe Roger Maris, actually. However, anyways, moving on. Um, so that's why, uh, in my opinion, Paul O'Neill, I mean, I grew up watching Paul O'Neill play, and I got to see, lucky enough, I was able to to watch a lot of his career, pretty much his entire career, actually. Um, um, of course, I don't, live in the New York area so I don't get to see I didn't get to see all of his games but I got to see all the highlights and you know I paid attention all the time um and watched the games when they were on national television so Paul O'Neill he was he was a very very good player but he was a great Yankee and and in my opinion I think him having his number retired was definitely justified um and, and it's great to see that the Yankees were able to honor him and uh, retire his number. So anyways, I just want to thank everybody for listening to this week's episode on a tribute to Paul O'Neill, number 21 for the New York Yankees. Um, before I let you go, I just want to mention that the Historic Pinstripes is a proud member of the 4041 Media Group. And you can feel free to go to www.4041media.com for more information on all of that. Um, again, I just want to thank everybody for listening. As always... Go Yankees!